Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny counting down the days to the Super Bowl with you. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline. You want guests? We've got them. Matt Ryan coming up in 15 minutes. Justin Jefferson today. One of the great rookies of all time. Christian McCaffrey today. Chase Young. Super Bowl trivia with Hembo all morning long. The Green List is about the greatest defenses in Super Bowl history. All that and more, but there's only one place to begin. Here we go! Only one place to start. And here's the place I'm going to start. I'm going to start by once again lodging a familiar complaint. Because this got sent to me. Remind me where this came from. I think it was from Sports Business Journal. Sports Business Journal says that Tom Brady, after this weekend's game, will have played in front of more viewers than any athlete in American history, surpassing LeBron James. Right now, in his 55 NBA Finals games, it says here that LeBron James, the viewership on LeBron's 55 games in the Finals, has been about 905 million viewers. That compares to Michael Jordan, who played in 35 NBA Finals games, and that had 885 million viewers. Shows you how ridiculous the numbers were back then. But I don't have a quarrel with those. I have a quarrel with this. It says here Tom Brady, in his nine Super Bowls, that they've been watched by 890 million people. And all I can say to that is, this can't be right. There's no way fewer than 100 million people on average have watched these Super Bowls. There are 300 million people in this country. You're telling me two-thirds of Americans don't watch the Super Bowl? Discounting newborn babies, that's ridiculous. My mother-in-law watches the Super Bowl. She likes the ads. She likes the music. And she likes that it's just a thing that everyone is talking about. It's about the best thing we've actually got going right now, and this one could very well be the best one ever. But that has always frustrated me. And I'm joined today making a very special appearance is the man who was in charge of my statistics, my analytics, my gambling, and just general good humor, the legendary Hembo. Hembo, is there anyone in your life, literally anyone, that is not going to watch the Super Bowl Sunday? Oh, yeah. I, I had these two roommates in New York before whom it would not surprise me if they did not know what the Super Bowl was let alone watch it. We live in a totally different world, and I think sometimes we take ourselves... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Mm. Uh, Who are these people? What roommates did you have that are not watching this? I don't understand this. They didn't watch the Super Bowl. They they they, they did not understand the kind of work that I did. Like, they didn't quite... Who are these people? I I don't want to out my former roommates. Well, you don't have to give us their names and social security numbers. Just give me a a roughly... So no socials. Um, Both both women. Um, Both... um, both international uh, women who wor- worked in New York in various capacities, but could not care less okay. about sports. Well, I'm done with you. Let me go to Bubba, my disheveled board operator. <laughs> Bubba, is there anyone in your life, literally anyone in your life, who is not going to watch the Super Bowl on Sunday? All right, Bubba, how long does it take you? I mean, I come to you all the time, and you're never ready. What? I, I could <laughs> no, drive just, a I'm truck. I'm thinking it over. I'm just thinking it over. What, what are you thinking about? Do I'm you thinking know? of all my friends and family. You know, there's a lot, I got a lot of friends and family. You have a friend I'm who's not watching through, the Super Bowl? I'm going through each person. Adam, will he watch? Actually, no, I think nah, no, he will watch it. 
Well, Eric watched. Now, it, I don't yes. need to hear the names well, of I'm your going friends. Through my head, so that's why I was taking me. A, no, I think I think everyone will be watching it. Yes. Listen, the combination of the long pause and then the muffle from the from the mask just makes these conversations excruciating. And, and I support it. Don't get me wrong. I don't mean to make fun of that, but I'm having. So you're telling me every single person you know is watching? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Every single person should be watching, and in this particular case, you really should, because Brady versus Mahomes is the stuff that dreams are made of. What is at stake? If that's the question, the answer is everything. Because all the times that we have said you can't compare players from different eras, this is the closest we're ever going to get. This is as close as we're ever going to get to Bill Russell against Michael Jordan. This is the closest we're ever going to get to Babe Ruth hitting off of Clayton Kershaw. This is Serena against Martina. This is Ali against Joe Lewis. So just sit back and enjoy it. We live in complicated times. So few things are perfect. This is perfect. Let's enjoy it. And let's bear in mind that, frankly, the pressure is all on Mahomes. Ryan Clark said it with us on TV this morning. If you chose up from the rosters, if you took the 44 players who will be starting this game on offense and defense, and you just picked one side versus the other, five Chiefs, would be picked five out of 44. Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, Chris Jones, Tyron Matthew. Bubba, did you, I mean, excuse me, Hambo, did you agree with that? When he said that, is there anyone he's leaving out? No, those are the top five players for sure. Those are the only, and the only five. Right. Brady is the other quarterback. So we're talking about the advantage that Mahomes has, which he would have against any quarterback. I'm not sure how much less it could ever possibly matter than it does in this game. Not that Brady is necessarily the second best quarterback, but the moment certainly isn't going to be too big for him. This is his 10th Super Bowl, and it's a true home game. And oh, by the way, the player no one is talking about is Vita Vea. He has very few letters in his name, but he may actually be the best defensive player on the field. Vita Vea is ranked 7th, so ESPN.com did this, 1 through 53. They right. have Vita Vea ranked 7th, the 7th best player. Are you telling me the five Chiefs we named are literally the five best players no, in they, this game? No, they did it a little bit differently than Ryan Clark did. So they have Mahomes at 1, they have Brady at 2, Kelsey at 3, Hill at 4, and Chris Jones of the Chiefs at okay, 5. Okay, so the only one they have breaking the top five on that list is Brady Correct. from the Tampa Bay side. I, I was talking to someone from the Buccaneers yesterday in an entirely different context who said... Vita Vea might be the best player we have. Nobody knows him because he was hurt. He broke his leg like week five or six or something like that and didn't come back until the NFC Championship game. But he is, he is in the middle. He is that, that guy in the middle that just clogs up everything. He's not Aaron Donald, but he's that kind of – he doesn't even play like Aaron Donald because he's not really the pass-rushing force. He just stop, he's, he's stuck in the middle, and you can't move him under any circumstances. So he's incredibly important. And they have Shaq Barrett and JPP on the outside. And again, the Chiefs are favored playing a true road game in which they genuinely feel more like an underdog. And I'm picking them only because of Mahomes. And that is the point. This game, if he wins it, even at this insanely early stage of his career, genuinely justifies beginning the discussion of his place in the pantheon of all-time great quarterbacks. Gale Sayers played 68 games his whole career. Sandy Koufax retired at the age 30. They are mentioned with the greatest ever. And if Mahomes wins this game and then retires, which of course he won't, but if he did, 
he would be in that discussion. All right, we have a ton of that coming up here this morning. But Hambo, one of the many jobs he is going to give us as we preview the big game, and our preview is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone with AutoZone. Um, He is going to be doing the trivia for me today. So I'm going to try taking my guesses right along Mm. with you. I haven't seen these. Hambo, what's our first Super Bowl trivia question of the day? Our first question of the day is this. Which city city has hosted the most Super Bowls? Okay. I like it. I have a couple of different thoughts in mind. I'm sure you do, too. We'll come back with the answer to that. And Matt Ryan will join us live next. We are just getting started counting down the days to the biggest game of the year. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. The great Matt Ryan will join me in 30 seconds on the Goodyear Hotline. Quarterback of the Falcons, I'll give you a number on him that will blow your mind. That's 30 seconds away. I'll spend those 30 seconds telling football fans to listen up because DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, has up to $55 million in total prizes up for grabs with their Super Bowl prediction pool. Enter the free prediction challenge, answer questions like cool score last, and boom, get ready to make it rain. Here's how you do it. Download the DraftKings app, use the promo code GREENY. You enter the free $55 million prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to twenty. $25,000 just for playing. That's code Greeny. Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Right, Hembo, I'm taking a shot at your first trivia question today, and the, the answer to which city has hosted the most Super Bowls has got to be New Orleans. New Orleans is incorrect. Get out of here. New Orleans has hosted 10 Super Bowls, but there is one city that has hosted 11. 
Miami? Miami's correct. Oh, wow. I, I, well, there you go. Hambo knocks me off immediately. <laughs> <laughs> so we, and, and so away we go. We got great quarterback stuff. Tomorrow at this time, we will have the legendary Joe Montana live here. But joining me now on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead, Goodyear more driven, is the man who is actually the most prolific passer in NFL history through his first 13 seasons. He has thrown for more yards than Peyton Manning, more yards than Drew Brees, more yards than anybody. The Atlanta Falcons' Matt Ryan is with me on ESPN Radio. Good morning, Matt Ryan. Greeny, how you doing, man? I'm well, and it's a pleasure. Did you know that? Did you know that you had thrown for more yards than any other quarterback through his first 13 seasons in the history of the sport? I did. Uh, it happened, I guess, maybe our second-to-last game or something like that, uh, you know, as, as the year was finishing up, and it was one of those questions I got after the game, and so... I was aware of it. It's pretty cool. There's some really good names on there. Uh, some guys that, that I've admired for a long time, but uh, certainly in good company there. So what does it make you think? Like like when you, you've had the career that you've had and you're at this stage where you are now and wondering what the next chapter is going to be, which we'll get into. But when you when you just look at that and you think to yourself, I've been an MVP of this league. I've thrown for more yards than anyone ever. What thoughts go through your mind? Well, I'm proud of that for sure. You know, I think uh, there, there are a lot of things that go into that, you know, uh, staying healthy, being available week in and week out, playing through some things that uh, require, you know, a little bit of grit and, and then, you know, playing with really good players and, and good and, you know, not, not this past year or the year before that, but playing on some really good teams uh, early in my career, midway through my career and uh, hopefully getting back to that. That's what that's what excites me. Uh, being a part of of a team that that's making a push this time of the year. Matt Ryan is here with me uh, today in part because of the Salute to Service Award presented by USAA. We will talk all about that. But as you talk about moving forward in your career, we, we had a long conversation on TV this morning about Tom Brady still doing what he's doing at the age of 43. As as you sit back and look at it, you know, I asked the question, is that going to become a new normal? Maybe not 43, but should we rethink what constitutes old for a player in, in, in any sport and certainly in the NFL. How do you look at that question and of how long you think you can keep doing it at a high level? Well, I, you know, number one, I think it takes a unique skill set uh, to be able to play, you know, to, to that age. Um, you know, Tom, Tom's strength is, is being in the pocket, delivering the football from the pocket. Uh, you know, he's done an incredible job of taking care of his body, his arm, um, you know, but there's, there's different types of players that are coming up now too. And guys that are, are more dependent on, on their speed and athleticism and getting outside the pocket. So, uh, I'll be curious to see, you know, I think the rule changes have really helped that. I, I think protecting the quarterback and, uh, you, you know, where we can and cannot get hit. I think, I think that's made a huge difference in, in guys being able to stay healthy and, and play later into their careers. Um, but I think there's a lot of changes in the quarterback position and, uh, you know, whether or not guys are going to be able to, you know, play play that long with different skill sets remains to be seen. Because of the hits that they take, it's actually a very interesting and important point. Matt Ryan has missed only three games in 13 years. So let me make this straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. I, I don't expect you to have scouted quarterbacks, but I have sort of fallen in love a little bit with Mac Jones, the kid from Alabama. And, 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 and you know, he'll be one of those who's be drafted this year. And Matt, what everyone keeps telling me is, but he can't run. And I'm old enough to remember a time when that really wasn't part of the equation as we were analyzing quarterbacks and evaluating these guys coming in. Do you think we're entering a time in pro football where if you can't make plays and move the chains with your legs, that that at some point here there won't be a place in the game for that quarterback? 
Uh, I don't know about that. You know, I, I, you know, part of part of what I've watched too. I mean, we watched a lot of Alabama. Uh, one, Steve Sarkeesian, former offensive coordinator mm-hmm. for us, was coaching there. So there's, you know, an interest in a guy that you spend a lot of time with, and uh, you're you're watching what they're doing. But I also got two wide receivers from from Alabama, and uh, all they want to talk about is is Alabama football and what they're watching. So I watched quite a bit of it. I think one of the things is, you know, you don't necessarily need to be a great runner, but you have to have the ability to extend plays and, and to get, you know, four, six, eight yards uh, when you need it. And I think, you know, when I watch Mac Jones, I think one of the things is, is he's good enough. He's not a great runner, but he's good enough. And I've always felt like for myself, you know, that, that, was, that was part of how I played. You know, not a great runner, but, you know, two, three times a game, you're going to get outside the pocket. You're going to extend a play. You're going to pick up a first down when you need it, when they're playing man coverage. Uh, and those are the kind of things that, you know, I, I still think there, there's a place in the game for those guys. And how insufferable were Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley during that run? Like, just give me a sense of well, – they just <laughs> annihilated everybody. How insufferable was that? The only good part <laughs> – the only good part was, you know, that they weren't covering every week because the lines were so big. <laughs> they were killing people, but they weren't covering every week. So it, it made it okay. It wasn't insufferable. But those guys, uh, you know, they, 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 they never stop. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. The great Matt Ryan is with me here. Okay, so let, let's talk about your future. Um, you know, the, the team sort of came to a little bit of a crossroads here with, with making the coaching change and the general manager change, and you start thinking about, is it time for a fresh start for everyone? And I wondered aloud multiple times, is it time for a fresh start for Matt Ryan? You are, to the point we made earlier, young enough to still have like a, a complete second chapter somewhere, which we've seen a lot of quarterbacks do. How do you view your that that part of your future at this stage of your career well i i I don't think you ever know uh how things are going to shake out moving forward uh you know but i i i have the mindset now i love atlanta i love our organization i'm fired up about the new coaching staff uh and, and it's my responsibility as a professional to be you know ready to go and and excited about that and i am and i want to be here um but that being said you know it's not all in my control what they want to do moving forward what they view you know is is best for the organization i I respect and and get that i still think i've got a lot of tread on my tires i still think i'm playing at a high level and uh you know i still think i can go for a handful more years so uh i'm gonna you know keep my mindset on training doing everything i can to be the best i can be and and hopefully that'll be here in atlanta for a long time Matt Ryan is with me here. One more thing I want to ask you before we get to the program that you're involved in. And I've had so many players talk to me over the years about the experience of, of losing this game, of, of losing the Super Bowl. And, you know, no one needs me to remind them of how difficult a loss you had in this game several years ago. And I love I, I enjoy asking players if they ever get over that. Like, like, do have you would you say you've gotten over losing the Super Bowl, what's it, four years ago now, whatever that is, five years ago, would you say you've gotten over it? No. <laughs> you know, I think I, I don't think I don't think that ever leaves you. You know, I think there's there's scar tissue uh that that's always there. But I also think, you know, it's it's like anything in life. You're you're better for it. You know, you're better for the the tough parts of life uh that you go through. And it's always kind of a notch that I'll have on my belt that you know, I'm disappointed in the way it shook out, uh, but I know for sure I'm tougher and, and, and you know, mentally just better 
uh, for it. And, and so, you know, I think the next time I get there, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be able to handle the situation better than we did the first time. Well, we will be rooting for it to see it happen. And again, I mentioned that Matt Ryan is with us today uh, thanks to the Salute to Service Award presented by USAA, which is the official military appreciation sponsor of the NFL. What is the program, Matt? Well, I'm fired up. Uh, the CEO of AMB Sports, which is an umbrella for the Atlanta Falcons, uh, you know, our CEO, Steve Cannon, is the recipient of the 10th Annual Salute to Service Award presented by USAA. So I'm happy for him. He is uh, an unbelievable guy. I've known him for a long time, even before he was with our organization, when he was with Mercedes-Benz. Nobody's more deserving. Uh, He's done great things for our organization, created programs where we've got to meet families from TAPS. And uh, he's so well-deserving and just wanted to give him a shout-out and say congratulations. Ah, Well done. Listen, Matt, listen, the best to you and to the family. Have a great offseason, and we will catch up down the road. Thanks for a few minutes today. Enjoy the game. Thanks, Greeny. Uh, it's Matt Ryan with me from the Atlanta Falcons, who is one of my favorite people to talk to because he's introspective. You will hear that, and I, I hope that came across in that conversation. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance, with insurance for cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and commercial vehicles at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. We'll have Justin Jefferson, superstar rookie, coming up in just a few minutes. But Hembo, as we were having that conversation with Matt about the direction the sport is going, You typed a number up here on my screen. Quarterbacks rushed for almost 9,500 yards this season, up 57% from five years ago, up 67% from 10 years ago, up 107% from 15 years ago. So just think about that. 15 years ago. Let me just put a number. That's not that long ago. It's 2006. It's not that long. We're not talking about the, the Steelers of the 70s. We're talking about 2006 when guys like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Drew Brees who were already among the top quarterbacks in the NFL and Brett Favre and Kurt Warner, whoever else would have been at the top of the standings at that time. Quarterback rushing numbers have literally doubled since then. So I will come to you, Hembo, on the same question because to me it feels like there are two things that tells us. One, as we do the evaluations of these players – how important is that, the quarterback's ability to to be a difference maker? I mean, there's only one Lamar Jackson, but to be a difference maker rushing. And two, does it mean the kind of longevity that we're talking about? If you look at Cam Newton and, and where he is right now, he's still young, but he's taken a million hits. Is that going to be a big factor? Will we stop seeing quarterbacks play that long? Probably so, and we'll probably also see people play quarterback in college that didn't previ- that wouldn't have otherwise, you know, previously. Right, and that will also probably mean that teams are looking to move on from that young quarterback sooner. We're seeing a big carousel this offseason, right? Right. Who's to say that you can't use a quarterback like that for five years and get rid of him the way that you know, say, um, teams do with pitchers in baseball? Yeah. So th- that's it. Do we have to stop considering like Andrew Luck? is an anomaly because I, he didn't, he wasn't that kind of player necessarily. He ran a lot, but he just got beat to shreds because the offensive line was terrible and the organization did an absolutely awful job of putting a team around him. But that's a different conversation for a different day. But you look at Robert Griffin III, who, who didn't make it basically out. He didn't make it out of his first contract. He didn't make it through his rookie year. He was never the same again based on one huge hit. You've got quarterbacks that if they're going to take that kind of punishment, if you're going to run, call as many planned runs and all that kind of stuff as they do in some places right now, do we have to rethink how long these careers are going to be? You just can't get hit like that as often and as hard as these guys get hit. Is a guy like Lamar Jackson going to play as long as – and not just use him as an example. How about Josh Allen? 
Josh Allen, who the world loves now, and is, you know he's going to sign one of these monster contracts. And God bless him. Of course he should. He's had an enormous year. He's, he's turned himself into a great player. And he doesn't run as much as he used to. But if he were, that's a big part of what he does. Do you know what I mean? So oh, yeah. we're, we're taking away one of the best things he does in order to try to preserve the longevity of his career. Right. That's the trade-off, right? Are, are you more interested in the investment? As, uh, what, what's the most I can get out of this right now or from a 10 or 15-year perspective? Because Josh Allen is Josh Allen in part because he can scramble and he can stiff-arm defensive linemen and all the rest of it. Right. And, and so if you're the Bills, you look at that one way. But I'm, if you're Josh Allen, you look at it another like, again, Josh Allen, I'm sure, wants to do whatever he can to help his team. And, hey, if I can go run here for 20 yards and I take a big hit, that's not a guy who, like, shies away from contact. I'm sure they've had many a conversation with him about that. Um, but at the end of the day, if you're him, it's not about just this one big contract. Now, this, in this day and age, that one contract is going to set you and your family up for generations, so it's not all bad. <laughs> but if you want to be the guy like Tom Brady, who's still making $25 million a year to play quarterback, and he is, whatever he is, 19 years older than Josh Allen is, Josh Allen may not be on that trajectory. All right, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. And a reminder that, I, look, I'd love you to hang out with me for two hours every single day. We're here two hours. We have sports conversation and all kinds of fun. But I get that you have a life to lead. So if for whatever reason you can't not be with us for part of the show, I'll remind you that we are a podcast. It goes up every single day. It is called Hashtag Greeny. They take each hour. They make it its own individual podcast. And you can find it and listen to it every single day, wherever it is you get your podcasts. All right, the cavalcade of guests continues, as is frequently the case as we move our way towards Super Sunday. And I am delighted to bring in now a player who had, without debate, one of the great rookie seasons in the history of the National Football League. 1,400 receiving yards, most by a rookie since the merger. In his last two years, meaning his last season at LSU and then his first in the NFL, he's caught 199 passes. For almost 3,000 yards and 25 touchdowns in 31 games, he's Justin Jefferson, who's with me on the Goodyear Hotline. Justin, uh, this is Greeny. Thank you so much for the time. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. And those numbers, when you hear those numbers, let's try and put those into context. Because I was asking my friend Ryan Clark about you a little bit earlier this morning, an LSU legend like yourself. And he was saying, ask Justin to go back to the beginning. And he was telling me how you were not a highly recruited player and, and, and how people thought you were too skinny and all of that. Can you take me back to that, to when you were coming out of high school and most schools didn't want you and, and how that has driven you to become the player that you are now? Um, it's crazy. And um, the, funny, the funny part about it is, um, you know, I was just a freshman, what, three, four years ago. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, to actually think about that is it's crazy. It's amazing. Um, you know, coming in at, at 175, uh, not being a, a top recruit, not being uh, the biggest player out on the field, um, you know, your confidence level get a little low. Um, you know, you're not, you're not sure if you're able to play on this big-time D1 level like this or, um, you know, a lot of stuff go through your head, uh, but you just got to trust the process, trust, um, you know, the weight room and, uh, trust everybody in that organization. And, uh, you know, I did that. And, you know, after after two two years, going into my junior year, um, I got to, what, 195 and uh, got faster, got stronger. And, um, you know, that's when I was able to, to showcase my talent. Uh, so, I mean, all of that definitely play, plays a part 
and uh, you just got to wait for that opportunity. But that, that is, I know, from having talked to so many athletes over the years, that's something that stays a chip on your shoulder. And then you come out after a monster season at LSU, and you were the fifth receiver taken in the draft the year you came out. Last year, 22nd overall. What did that make you think? Um, that was crazy to me. Um, you know, me just having a year that I had, um, and me even getting to the national championship and, you know, all of these things that I did, uh, last year, um, and to still, you know, be picked fifth out of all of the receivers in the draft. Um, you know, that made me mad. Um, you know, that, that made me question what I was doing wrong, uh, during my, my college career. So that just made me want to, to go in and, uh, do better and destroy anybody. So um, each week I just kept that chip on my shoulder and um, I just was trying to trying to be the best that I could be each week. Well, you certainly seem to do it, proving a lot of people wrong on the pro level. Greeny and Justin Jefferson, who was with me, I want to ask you about a former teammate of yours, uh, because when you were at LSU, you and Jamar Chase were the superstar receivers there two years ago on the team that won the national championship. And then he opted out this past year for LSU. So the, the football world hasn't seen him for a year, but I hear a lot of people talking about him as potentially the first receiver off the board in this year's draft. Give us a quick scouting report. Tell us how good Jamar, your, your former teammate Jamar Chase is going to be. Oh, he's going to be amazing. Um, <clears throat> he, he's going to do whatever he needs to um, in order to be a, a, a primetime player uh, for, for whatever team that he's, he gets drafted for. Um, yeah, we didn't see him. We haven't seen him for for a year, but um, he's still the same person. You know, he still has that that swagger to his game, and um, he's definitely ready to come in and, and be a, a reliable source uh, to, to whatever team that he's on. So um, I'm excited to see what he has. Uh, you know, hopefully he didn't lose a step. I hear people talk about him as possibly being a top five pick. We'll see where that goes this year. Okay, let's get to the business here. Justin, you are with us today because you are representing M&Ms. And I've said this before, and it has been something of a controversial statement. But to me, M&Ms are the best candy. If you were to offer me any candy, I would go the peanut M&Ms. So what is the program that you are doing here with M&Ms? Uh, well, for me, I will have to go with the, the caramel M&Ms. Those mm. are the best for me. Uh, I, I love those. I eat them all the time so uh but um we're connecting uh with people this this year um you know with with corona a lot of people missing out uh well losing loved ones um m is just connecting with people across the world um and i mean we're, we're having a new super bowl uh app so we got to connect with that on um i forgot the the, uh, the website though it's on mn mn I think I have it for you. M-M-S. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's M-M-S, so like m dot com slash Super Bowl. There we go. There we go. <laughs> so every once in a while, I <laughs> make a catch, too. Uh, Justin Jefferson, I have to run. Thank you. Congratulations on a huge rookie season. Best of luck going forward. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Uh, you got it. That's Justin Jefferson. Again, had an unbelievable year, and we'll see where it goes. Uh, so much coming up here. Well, shoot me the next trivia question as we're doing Super Bowl trivia all morning long. Greeny, there are three different left-handed quarterbacks that have started the Super Bowl. Three different left-handed quarterbacks to start the Super Bowl. I need you to name all three. Oh, pshaw. That one is actually too easy. I will come back. I will get that one right. <laughs> and we will do the green list, which will be the top five Super Bowl defenses of all time. Those are on the way. Back in a flash on ESPN Radio.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny, rolling along with you. And this Valentine's, get the gift that's going to wow at 1-800-Flowers. Right now, you can get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for just $39.99 or double the roses for $20 more. To order, go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click the radio icon, and enter the code Greeny. My main man, Hembo, is with me today. And Hembo, you're going to have to step it up because you asked me a trivia question, and it was candidly... It was too easy. Go ahead and ask it again. Okay, it was only the last half an hour or so where you just missed one of these. But I asked you to name all three left-handed uh, quarterbacks who have started the Super Bowl. There are three. Ken Stabler, Boomer Esiason, and Steve Young. Um, and, and there's one thing I know. It's left-handed quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> so, and not cities that have hosted the we'll Super Bowl. We'll do more next hour. Let's make those a little more challenging. Meanwhile, it's time for the list. The list is what determines who matters in this business. Green List. But every day with, with me here, the Green List, my top five, this, that, or the other, as chosen exclusively by me, the world's foremost authority in all matters. And they're all Super Bowl related this week, and here we go. These are the top five defenses that won a Super Bowl. To be clear, I don't mean the top five best defensive performances in a Super Bowl. I mean all-time great defenses that won a Super Bowl. Here are the top five. Number five. The 86 Giants. It's almost Lawrence Taylor and then whatever else you want to say. Although Harry Carson was an all-time great player and a pro football Hall of Famer. But Lawrence Taylor was the MVP of the league that season. He had 20 and a half sacks in the playoffs. They beat San Francisco 49 to 3. They picked off Joe Montana twice before knocking him out of the game. They beat Washington 17 nothing. They had four sacks and one interception along the way. And then they annihilated Denver in the Super Bowl, 49-20 to in the second half. The first three Denver possessions of the second half ended with two three-and-outs and a pick. And that was all she wrote. That giant defense is largely forgotten because it came the year after the 85 Bears, who, by the way, will appear later on this list. But the 86 Giants are number five. Number four. Number four is the Broncos of just six years ago. The 2015 Denver Broncos. People, I think, don't give enough love to just how good they were. That season, they were first in the league in total defense. They allowed 18.5 points per game. In the playoffs, they went up against Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, and Cam Newton and allowed the three of them a combined total of 44 points, sacked them 14 times, and forced them into seven turnovers. Von Miller had 11 sacks that year. DeMarcus Ware, Trevathan was on that team. Brandon Marshall was on that team. That defense won a Super Bowl by itself. Remember how bad the quarterback play was? It was Peyton, and then it was, who was the tall kid? That Brock they, Osweiler. Brock Osweiler, and then it went back to Peyton. 
And Peyton will tell you now they carried him to a championship. That defense won a championship as much as any ever did. So the 2015 Broncos are number four. Number three. Top five defenses ever to win a Super Bowl. Number three is the 0-2 Buccaneers. I got you, Booger. I had to say this if only because Booger McFarlane would have yelled at me if I didn't put them on the list, but they deserve it. Because, and here's the main reason they deserve it. They won the Super Bowl that year. Who was their quarterback? Good luck. It was Brad Johnson. It's one of the only Super Bowls in the last 25 years that didn't have an immortal quarterback. And that's not to diss him, but it is just an indication of how incredibly good that defense was. And they had Derek Brooks, and they had Warren Sapp, and they had Simeon Rice, and they had Booger, and they were a great defense. They intercepted 31 passes that year and gave up 10 passing touchdowns. Listen to that again. They allowed 10 touchdowns through the air in 16 games and intercepted 31 passes. They were first in the league in total defense. They were first in the league in points allowed. If it weren't for the legendary nature of the two ahead of them, they could they would have been a perfectly justifiable number one on this list of the greatest defenses to win Super Bowls. Number two. But they're not because there were the 2,000 Ravens. The 2,000 Ravens, led by Ray Lewis, were so ridiculously dominant They went through a stretch during the season where their offense gave them nothing. I mean nothing. And they carried their way. They gave up 10 points a game through the season. They allowed 10.3 points per game. They allowed 11 touchdown passes and had 23 interceptions. And listen to the postseason numbers. In four playoff games, they allowed a total of 23 points, but seven of them came on a kick return. So in the playoffs... They allowed a total in four games of 16 points and had 12 takeaways. The 2000 Ravens are the stuff of legend. They are one of the greatest defenses of all time. But they are number two on this list. Number one. Because the greatest defense in the history of pro football is the 85 Bears. The following year, the 86 Bears gave up fewer points, actually. They had the record. But the 85 Bears won the Super Bowl, and they were the best defense I've ever seen and the best defense in the history of the sport. They were number one in the league in total defense. They were number one in points allowed. That season, they had 34 interceptions in 16 games. They had 34 interceptions and 64 sacks. In the playoffs, they beat the Giants 21-0. They beat the Rams 24-0. They beat the Patriots 46-10. They held New England to seven yards rushing (laughs) in the Super Bowl. And they had, I mean, everywhere you look was a Hall of Famer. Richard Dent was on that team, and Mike Singletary was on that team, and they had uh, Dan Hampton was on that team, and they had McMichael, and they had um, Wilbur Marshall, who was a, a monster on that defense, and all these great players, Otis Wilson, Dave Dewerson, Gary Fensick. The one thing I will say, and that was my freshman year of college, living there, so I watched every single game that team played that year, and you couldn't help but get completely sucked up in the excitement in Chicagoland about that team because they were not only the best team I've ever seen, but they were the most interesting and fun and exciting and personable. I've said it before and I'll say it again. If that team had punted on first down in every game they played that season, they would have gone 8-8. Eight and eight. I believe that their defense would have won half their games if they played without an offense. They are the greatest defense ever and the number one on today's green list, ESPN Radio.